Well, hi everybody, and welcome to this podcast. Uh, my name is Jamie, and I'm the library manager at the Scottish Borders Campus. And with me, I have Kieran and Reese. Kieran and Reese. Kieran, tell us a little bit about yourself. Random. I'm small from the borders. Play few games like Sonic, Crash, Mega Man X, etc. Okay. And Reese, tell me about yourself. Um. Lonely boy with too much time on his hands. <laughs> Good one. Class. Okay. And uh, what is our podcast all about? Well, we're talking about video games and of different franchises. Though today's a little well, different. This time we're talking about a specific companies like video games. Rareware. Known for stuff like Donkey Kong Country. Can- Banjo-Kazooie. And Conquer's Bad Fur Day. And grabbed by the ghoulies for and the Xbox 360. GoldenEye. Oh yeah, GoldenEye 007. And... Hang on. Uh, you carry on, lads. You carry on talking. Now, hmm. if I'm gonna if I'm be honest, I don't think I've ever really touched a single title done on by Rare. They were always one of those devs that I never really paid so much attention to, unlike, say, Sonic Team, Naughty Dog, Insomniac. And as for me, I more, I'm more on the sequels, Perfect Dark Zero, any further 007 games that Rare might have been responsible for. It would have to have been Sa- released on a V60. Sadly, no further Donkey Kong games than, um, I believe it was Donkey Kong Country 2. Ah, Diddy was... Kong's Quest. That was about as far as I got, but I have a feeling that Jamie here might know what he's talking about with rare titles. Now so. this is a how about if a sequel episode, out to the last time we hey one talking heads talking about Final Fantasy just in case, in case, in case anyone's wondering. Now Jamie, what's your experience with rare? So my first ever experience of rare games was actually GoldenEye on the Nintendo sixty four. The first has major FPS title on a console with split screen multiplayer for four people. And it was awesome. Except it for Odd Job. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, Odd Job was a bit of a yeah, a bit of a cheat, wasn't he? But uh, it was a totally awesome experience. I loved it. And um it was it was just so um different to other games that were around. It just seemed a bit cleverer. The graphics were better. The fluidity of the motion was better. It was just all. It was all awesome. Yeah. Hey. Uh, what were you, Keen? What was your first experience of a rare game? As rare I rare. said, I have not oh. really touched a single rare title. I have played Donkey Kong Country Returns, but that's made by Retro Studios, the same people that were behind the Metroid Prime trilogy. Conquer's Bad Fur Day. I've only heard of it because of. Of how much it didn't play to Nintendo's family-friendliness. I mean, Conker swears, the sunflowers with tits, and the great mighty Pooh sings a song where he states he's gonna throw your shit at you, and that's exactly the kind of game you're getting into. And it also parodies a bunch of fiends, including the Matrix, X, and Alien. Mm-hmm. What Banjo Kazooie? I've only hey, heard of it because it was one of the big platformers for the. The N64, and all I really know about is that Banjo Kazooie must go on an adventure to save Banjo's sister Tui from Grandilda, who she's using to become sexier. Yes, Reese, your your 
your experience of Rare was? Um, my very first experience is a very uncomfortable one to talk about, but it turns out I was created by GoldenEye007. Oh. Because my dad. Oh no. <laughs> oh no, where's this going? Oh god, right, okay. <laughs> because my dad would have drunken, um, drunken play with uh, Goldeneye, because at the time I believe he was 18. Uh-huh. And a couple of years into doing that, instead of getting a PS1, he met my mum. Okay. And one thing led to another. Goldeneye created me. Oh my goodness. And my first physical, um, my oh, first, oh, your physical first physical experience. Oh my! My first physical experience with my own rare game. Thank you for letting me finish this time. Was uh, Perfect Dark Zero. Um, oh my god! Right, okay. Which was oh yeah, Perfect title. Dark. Perfect Dark was awesome. Now I didn't play Perfect Dark Zero too much. That was the, that was one of the first games that came out in the 360, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but Perfect Dark was the spiritual successor to um, Goldeneye. Mm-hmm. And Just it was about terrific. the license. Yeah. yeah. And I played it. I played it a lot. Was oh, that why? Is that why they made Perfect Dark? Pretty sure it was. Here's the thing, no, I'm pretty sure that Perfect Dark was also one of the last times where I ever worked with Nintendo. I'm just going to skip to this part right now. The last ever game they made for Nintendo was basically a game that was supposed to be released on the Nintendo 64 called Dinosaur Planet, but was given to Star Fox brand they released on the GameCube as Star Fox Adventures, uh, yes, which is basically that. a Zelda clone, but you're playing as Fox McCloud. And it's also a debut of Crystal. Oh, Fox's love interest to be, though Command sort of went all over the place with it. Now, I'm, we're gonna ch- about I'm, gonna challenge, I'm gonna challenge you on the Zelda clone, because I had Star Fox Adventures, I got it for a Christmas, I can't remember which Christmas it was, but um, and it was really good. It was really, really good fun. It was a big adventure game. I suppose that's why you think it's kind of like a Zelda. Well, I but, mean, you uh, also go, from what I've seen, you also go into dungeons, do stuff like puzzles. Mm-hmm. I mean, considering that Fox is stuck with one particular piece of equipment instead of getting multiple items, that yeah. is somewhat different, but I'm pretty sure there's also been a fair number of Zelda clones that have also done that. But I'm just trying to think about okay. what they could have been. So, so we've got two quite very different experiences of Rare. Kieran, who's not had much of experience of playing Rare games, and Reese, who was conceived <laughs> during the playing of our Rare game, so it's pretty central to his whole existence. Uh, the fact that you're here talking in this podcast is thank probably you, down Rare. to the fact that Rare existed as a company. You have, you have a lot to say thank you for to exactly. them. <laughs> oh my goodness, what a story that is. So, um, so Rare, yeah. Um, now, one of the things about having Goldeneye was that, unfortunately, every James Bond game that's ever come out since has been a big letdown. Because nothing's ever quite matched Goldeneye for me. Well, it's basically like the Ocarina of Time, aim of uh, James Bond on games, where it's basically a secret cow you cannot dare criticize, otherwise your foot will be slit. Oh, okay. You well, got, that's you what crit- I see it as. Have you got that, criticisms of it, Kim? Well, I haven't played it, so I can't really criticize it, other than the fact that on the sole virtue of it being in N64 tiles, the visuals haven't exactly aged all too well, but I can at least forgive that. It was only 3D. I mean, look at Mario 64 compared to Sunshine, for example. Mm-hmm. Yep. I have to say, Ocarina of Time was, was my favourite game. Favourite game for a long time. And then uh, Zelda uh, Breath of the Wild came out, which is amazing. Have you played Breath of the Wild? Uh, I, I wish I have, but all I thought about is that Link could do whatever he wants and probably prolong actually 
and defeating Calamity Ganon for as long as he wants. Also, a lot of people have taken to side on pretty well, even creating a parody of, of that little No One X-like Gaston song from Beauty and the Beast. It exists, mm -hmm. and it is perfect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I haven't really got a lot of experience with Zelda in general. It's primarily just Ocarina of Time, Wind Waker, and that's about it for the 3D tiles. Now, when I got an N64, the big game was Mario Kart. It was fantastic. Mario Kart 64. I believe this is supposed to be a discussion about where. Uh, and I'm coming to that, Kieran, I'm coming to that. It was absolutely brilliant, right? And at the same time, Rare released Diddy Kong Racing. And Diddy Kong Racing was way more inventive. It wasn't just carts. You were flying planes and racing boats and stuff like that. That so sounds cool. awfully familiar. Also, a little bit of poetry. Hey, roses are red. That's that girl you've been chasing. But why do that when there's Diddy Kong Racing? <laughs> Which I think was the advert, was it? No, it's nope. just a random theme I came across on social media, but it works so okay. well. I was going to say, did you make that up yourself, Kieran? I wish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's this tune that we're listening to? Um, Gangplank Galleon for the King K. Wolf and the original Dark Yellow Country, and we should probably just cut it real quick. Where we have really hit their stride was Donkey Kong Country, a series of beloved SNES 2D platformers where one of the main draws being the graphics were pre-rendered sprites, as in into 3D models, and then just, you know, turn them into sprites such as that. Sonic fans will know that this practice was done for 3D Flicky's Island and Sonic Blast of the Game Gear, but Donkey Kong Country has probably aged a little better in this regard. It's also the time when Donkey Kong went from that asshole ape who kidnaps your girl to a guy who just wants has to protect his banana horde, which, you know, it's a lot more relatable, I guess, but it's also a different Donkey Kong chronologically because as the intro of the game has Cranky Kong and playing the old theme song on one of the original girders of the arcade game before this new Donkey Kong for the Country series swooping in with a, a massive a beatbox bringing down before getting an explosive chucked down by his own grandfather. Also, Diddy Kong was made into a fan, and we got King K. Hey, rule as the main antagonist. Some may know him from Smash Ultimate. I think nowadays a lot of newcomers will only know him from Smash Ultimate. Hey. Yep. Reese, you're, you're quite quiet on this uh, topic. What's, what's the story? Have you sort of exhausted your, your rare experiences by telling us that you were conceived? I think so. Okay. I think that's the highlight of this whole thing. <laughs> I so mean, outside of that, there was a brief little play of Rare Replay, but yeah. I had that for a little while before it vanished mysteriously. Mm. Um, I, I keep hearing things like um, uh, Rare Replay, and it's like nostalgia stuff, which is aimed at guys at my age who played it when they were 17, 18. Well, hopefully you can actually play the original uncensored version of Conker's Bad Fur Day, and i got to address that right now. There is an Xbox remake of the N64 classic August Bad Fur Day called Conquer Live and Re Hey Loaded, which sounds a bit too similar to the European name for Ratchet and Clank 2, which is locked and loaded instead of going commando. Mm. And yes, they do censor a lot of themes. Like, even the great Mighty Pooh theme song's lyrics are censored. Like, this is supposed to be the point. It's supposed to go against everything that Nintendo stood for as family friendly because they. He found out it wasn't working for them in the long run, and yet the Xbox, advertised to be more mature, edgy, and hardcore, censored the more adult furry cartoon animal game. Logic. 
<laughs> okay. Um, one thing that I have been thinking about, Rare, as I was starting to say, Kian, before you jumped in with that, uh, Rare, Rare have been releasing old games to try and get guys that need to buy them again. Unless um, it's Nintendo property. Xbox Game Pass. Um, Xbox Game Pass has Banjo-Kazooie, Banjo-Tooie, and me and my wee kids have enjoyed playing through them again. Um, it's been really good fun, and, and actually they'll go for Banjo-Kazooie over something else. So there's something there that's capturing their attention. I think it's probably all the googly eyes on the inanimate objects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's that, all that kind of, and the, the nice bright colours and stuff like that. And Kazooie being a little sassy bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, but um, what about Rare as a company now? Like, what... What are Rare producing? Well, I think they might have made the new Killer Instinct for Xbox One, but I'm not too sure on that. Then again, if I remember correctly, Killer Instinct was an IP they made themselves, so it would probably make sense. And it's actually they refer to it as one of the better fine games of its current generation, so at least they're, they're coming back with full force. And also, one of the people from Rare, Lampshaded, has their reaction to King K. Rool, one of their own creations getting into Smash Ultimate. And referencing the only way they knew how, basically, something the lines of, if I knew that this character would make it into something as big as Smash Ultimate, I wouldn't have just wasted five minutes picking a rubbish name in, like, <laughs> King K. Rool. Self-deprecation. Yeah. It's yeah. a fine art. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know Rare, as a company, the guys that were in charge when it was GoldenEye and Diddy Kong Racing, from the Diddy Kong Racing they, they left the company and they got together and can you tell me what game they created recently? The oh, last two or three years? Yeah, uh, Sea of Thieves. Did they do Sea of Thieves? Yeah, they did oh, I was going to say Ukulele would be my first yeah, guess. Ukulele, I didn't realise they'd done Sea of Thieves. Ukulele is basically oh. a return to, you know, Banjo Kazooie, including mm. the incoherent and everyone always says, blah, 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 Yeah, that's the, that's the way they talk in these games, isn't it? I mean, you could also get something similar with a particularly muffling badge in a hat, mm-hmm. hat in time, which to some is probably the better excuse for classic 3D collectathon platforming. Mm-hmm. I mean, you play as an adorable whole hat, that kid girl, who's also the owner of her own spaceship. Sorry, the... the... We're listening to some music in the background, and Banjo Kazooie has come on like the main. I think that's the main theme, isn't it? By Gra- by Grant Kirkhope. Oh, Kirkhope. Although in, you know he's not a an artist I listen to the works of a lot. And if I'm gonna be listening to video game music, more often than not, it's gonna be stuff like what Jun Sanoe produces. Mm-hmm. But I understand that some of Kirkhope's work has resonated with a lot of the fans that grew up with these games. Mm-hmm. And that brings back so many memories. Just hearing that theme tune just brings back so much, so many hours of fun just playing Banjo-Kazooie. And my kids love it, and you can see why with that kind of music. Uh, what I was getting at was, though, that Rare is no longer the Rare that I remembered because the, the guys have left, and they've tried to do other projects like Ukulele. Was Ukulele a success in your eyes, Ken? Well, I've never played it, but I have seen at least middling thing reviews because from what I can tell... It is a 3D collectible platformer of its era with the trappings. You know, the unkillable creature that is the camera yes, and yeah. whatnot. Yet, I think what we've wanted actually is a 3D collectible platformer from that age, but with all the trappings just thrown away and, you know, improved to give us a much better experience. No 3D platformers like I had in time with Super Mario Odyssey and the Crash Bandicoot and Zane trilogy 
and despite we naturally have managed to bring the 3D platforming genre back to prominence. Alongside Open World, which everybody's developed a thing for, I mean there's Zelda and whatnot, how long until Pokemon adopts this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, um, Reese, have you played ukulele? I... Have you played anything by Rare? Uh, sorry, have you played anything by the guys that left Rare, who did like Conquer's Bad for Day and all the all the I good games? I played the that were demo of ukulele. Yeah, so did I. Um, I. I never bought it. Tells you something. Yeah, I never bought it either. I mean, I, I liked the way it played, but for some reason, I just never thought about it. I think my kids would like it. I think it's. I mean, it probably just didn't collect because of a nostalgia for a certain other pair of cartoon 3D collectathon on animals. And hence B, well, Banjo can see. Oh, yeah, and also, it does feel feel like they probably could have have tried to iron out some of the inherent problems. But also, the fact that it's a crowdfunded title, and thanks to a certain Mega Man clone, that's uh, it's not exactly been given the best of of treatments. Also, they tried to make a cringy God of War joke. Okay, and did that offend you? No, not really, but Kartos, the god of, of war, ha ha ha. This is the moment where you should insert the tedious laugh on Final Fantasy X. <laughs> okay, so, um, so overall, rare. Well, from what I've I've heard, they have have got a lot of good games on their belt until they and until they were bought out by Microsoft, they were they seemed like they could do no one. And to be fair on them. That was the point. However, some of their games have come under a little bit of fire recently because of one thing. Some games like Badger Kazooie have way too many collectibles. Like, at least Mario 64's objectives are pretty simple and there's only like 120 stars. You're gonna exceed that amount with every single collectible that Banjo Kazooie offers. And I don't know about Banjo Tooie, other than some of its moments will have you mashing the hell off whatever button can get you. How to win against the dreaded rubber band AI? Yeah, and there's there's ba there's, there's banjo kazooie, there's banjo tooie, and then there's banjo kazooie nuts and bolts. I think there might have been a GBA game at some point, but uh, I'm not sure. It's a, it's available on um, Xbox 360, Xbox One uh, Pass, Smart Pass. Uh, what's it called? At Xbox game, X pass. game pass. Actually, I should mention this right now. If you want some proper vehicle action with banjo kazooie. You play Sonic and Sega All-Stars basically with Banjo-Kazooie on the Xbox 360, where you can also buy DLC for Metal Hell Sonic, the Death Egg track, and Rio from Shenmue in his forklift instead of on a motorcycle. Mm -hmm. Which, uh, so, so Kieran has uh, skillfully got the conversation back to his favourite game franchise, which is... Sonic the Hedgehog, but that's already been done. And we've, done that, we've done that in another podcast, uh, uh, so you can check that out. What was that called? Talking Heads Talking, Classic Games Reviews or something? Talking like? Heads yeah. Classic Games something. No. Because of some issues, we've had to move to an alternate account to do this, yeah, because, this episode. Yeah, because Jamie forgot the username and password to get us into the old account. What's the Wi-Fi password? <laughs> uh, Reese, you're sitting there quite quiet. I mean, what's, what's your take on it? Right, Reese, I'm going to give you a scenario, right? The executives from Rare have come to you and have said, Oh my god, Reese, we've seen your work. We love your work. What do we do to make games great again? Uh, build a wall and make Microsoft pay for it. Kieran, you said... Uh... <laughs> you, you, Reese, you said that without your lips moving. Kieran, 
Kieran, shut up for two minutes, right? And Reese, tell us. <laughs> Stop your Donald Trumpisms in here. Um, well, first of all, try not to make games that conceive children. So you can never really play a rare game again without going... <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's difficult without cringing. Um, second of all, try and try and get licensed by Nintendo again, because then that would at least give them the rights over Donkey Kong at least a bit. Mm-hmm. Although Metro Studios has done well with the Donkey Kong Country Returns games, so at least have assistance from Rare, because with Microsoft. Ah, but, but, but again, is that not? Are we not talking about two different things? Are we not talking about Rare? the way we remembered it for making cool games. Not this Microsoft version of Rare that's Yeah, the Microsoft version games. of Rare didn't do too good. No. So that's why they tried to revitalise so themselves want, with Rare want, Replay. We don't want Rare to take over Nintendo stuff because they're crap. Well, they're current Rare, but if we're talking about the guys that did all, all the games that a lot of people remember fondly in their SNES and N64 yeah. childhoods, then yeah, we're starting to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, MGM Studios wouldn't allow them to do anything with uh, GoldenEye, so that wasn't allowed in Rare Replay. Now, what was that, that? What happened with the GoldenEye remake that came out, I think, on the Wii? I don't know who developed that, and being honest, I never really picked it up. Did FPS tiles are not my thing. Because that didn't come out on any other console, I don't think, did it? Oh, no, it did, because I played it on Xbox. Well, here's oh, the thing. It was probably released on the Wii to have better aiming control. I think so. That might be a different company, though. Aye, was that now? Was that uh, GoldenEye Reloaded? Was that Nintendo bought it back or from? I'm Microsoft honestly not or, sure. Uh, who knows? Who cares? Anyway, um, Keelan, you probably have quite a, an opinion. What would you say to the rare executives? The ones that are currently enslaved by Microsoft. Yes. Well. The ones who are chained up by Microsoft. Honestly, I don't really have a lot to say, but if they did have a hand in making the OG, well, the remit, well, the brand new Killer Instinct for Xbox One that's actually done pretty well, please consider, mm-hmm. then try to stick with what made Rare a big name to begin with mm-hmm. and keep that same level of quality and charm instead of basically whoring yourselves out for all that moolah. Sadly, their biggest franchises, though, are Perfect Dark and Conquers. It's all they really yeah. do. Um, Kieran, you're a bit of a games designer. No, not really. Okay, <laughs> here's a dilemma for you. You have made the next Banjo-Kazooie. Massive, multi-million pound selling game. Um, Microsoft come along and speak to you and say, Kieran, we want you to come and work for us. But here are the conditions. You have to make crap games, but we'll pay you. What do you do? Do you choose making crap games, or do you choose the longer? Kieran's well, thinking about it, by the way. Is it, we've not actually gone well, do I, of it. Well, do both options eventually lead into one another? Nope. Well, I would stick with the money, because there's no way in hell I'd like ever deliberately go away to make like, bad games. If anything, me making bad games would just be my own level of incompetence no, in game design. No, but they've asked you to make specifically games that are not very good, right? But they'll pay you millions. Do you go with it, or do you think game quality is more game important? Game quality is what matters, because 
as I can tell you with a lot of Sonic titles, especially with one in particular, forces that, you know, just going and sticking to the same safe ideas instead of, you know, doing them competently or trying something new onto at least freshen up the formula, then it's gonna get stagnant. Mm -hmm. and, and not and money will begin to disappear. Okay. So I would honestly just rather stick with, you know, going for good game quality above all else. Because mm -hmm. in the end, that's what's going to survive in the long run, not short-term benefits like a lot of business hounds like to capitalize on these days. Mm -hmm. What's more important to you, making money or making really creative games? Well, that's a tricky one because if you think about it from a consumer standpoint, mm -hmm. um, a game quality, that would matter. And the more positive the reviews, the more you're likely to get money. But then again, nowadays there's consumers that will buy bad games off of negative reviews for laughs. Bile fascination, <clears throat> Sonic 06. You've also got Right to Hell Retribution, and... So they'll, they'll, they'll buy... Metal Gear Survive. So this? They'll, they'll actually buy games out of curiosity just how bad it is. And well, that's basically friends, if okay. possible. That's the only hey, way those games and are ever going to sell. being bought by Microsoft hasn't... Being a company owned by Microsoft hasn't always been bad. Ruffian Games made Crackdown 1 and 2, which sold really well. Yeah. And were they actually good games? They were, actually. I don't think Crackdown 2 didn't sell so well. I think that's what happened to them. Crackdown and of course, 2 didn't, but then Crackdown 3 was delayed a while and that got released to... Is that Yeah, it got, uh, it got mixed results. I mean, there's also Halo and Gears of War, which are Microsoft exclusives as far as amazing, I know. Yeah. Gears of War blew my head off when I first played it. In fact, I got an Xbox 360 and it got, had two games with it, and it, the game that I wanted was probably FIFA or something, and it came with Gears of War and I thought, oh, I'll stick this in and try it. Oh, wow, it's amazing. It's basically amazing. the... A most testosterone-filled F-held shooter out there, but it's also sometimes some of the most emotional stuff you'll ever go through. I know. I actually had to like, take a I've break from, from Gears of War 2, because you know the scene where they play the, mm. the, the, the tune? The, Mad World gets yeah, played Mad, a lot yeah, yeah. in the franchise. Yeah, yeah, so, so I actually had to take a break from it, because it was so emotional. It was like, oh, I can't play this anymore. I need to take a break. Mm. I mean, you know, if it's that stereotypically manly and can actually deliver a decent narrative from what I've seen, then, hey, it's worth investing time into. Mm -hmm. Right. That's, I'm going to have to end uh, my bit of the podcast there. Is it, are we going to call it a day on that one? Yes, we're going to call so it we're a day. We'll give some um, 30 seconds to Kieran to sum up. Rare. Bunch of Brits that made a bunch of oh, classics but have since been bought out by Microsoft and are a shadow of their former selves. Great summing up. Reese, Rare? Uh, oh, jeez. From what I've picked up. Where's this going to go? <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to go anywhere about uh, the fact that um, they don't just create games, they create people. They create <laughs> life. Yeah. But Does that mean that Goldeneye makes your dad... I don't know. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> oh, my. That. that actually probably explains your vast amounts of siblings. Is it... <laughs> no, those ones later on were oh, created just, by Guitar Hero. Is it just first person shooters in general? Oh no, is it Guitar Hero? Guitar Hero well. created three of them. <laughs> right. um, a company that got the short end of the stick by Microsoft. Oh, the short end of the stick, right. And Sea of Thieves was the result. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay, excellent.
that's all for just now, folks. Where we're going to go, and we'll be saying cheerio uh, now. Next uh, week, uh-huh. we will be covering a PlayStation and series that is beloved by many. This next time, we're covering the PlayStation Two Ratchet and Clank and Quadrilogy. Ratchet and Clank One, Ratchet and Clank Two, Going Commando, Ratchet and Clank Three, Up Your Arsenal, Best Time Ever, and Ratchet Deadlocked. Until next time, uh, have a nice day. And when it comes to rare, there is no deception, but please wear protection. Oh. <laughs> well, no, no, we're, we're going to finish there. <laughs>